Telling you uh, about a, um, a young girl who's, uh, whose life started off pretty well, but quite early on took a really tough turn. Um, and uh, her family was quite well off, but when she was quite young, her mum uh, contracted a, an illness. They couldn't work out what it was, and it ended up being, being terminal. So, um, so she lost her mum when she was quite, quite young. And so life went from being pretty good to like, you know, full of grief. She was really particularly close to her mum. Um, and then kind of to add to that, the dad, because out of, I guess, just, um, just loneliness, um, started dating again quite quickly and remarried again within a year. Um, and that could have been a good thing, but this, um, this new wife also had kids from um, a previous uh, time. And the, the new wife like, favoured her kids way more than, than, than this, you know, this girl, which was a you know, pretty, pretty tough time. And, um, and like, not just favoured them, but the way that this, wife, this new wife was treating this little girl was, it was emotionally abusive and, and physically abusive. So really, really um, tough situation. Um, and yet, the thing is, in the midst of this really sort of horrible situation, this girl somehow managed to keep her heart from being crushed or, you know, or broken. So, um, I'll tell you the, the name of this girl. It's Cinderella. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I used to laugh. Oh, yeah, it's just a fairy tale. It's just a fairy tale. It is a fairy tale. But I'll tell you, it's a story that was written by got to read this, Jacob and Willem Grimm, the Grimm brothers. And there is some profound truth in this that I'm going to unpack a little bit today. Um, I know that sometimes we learn from the Bible, sometimes we learn from the Grimm brothers, sometimes you know, we've got a bit of both going on today. But I'd just love to just pray, invite the Spirit of God to come and just open our hearts to what he would want to speak to us about this morning. So God, we do, we say come and be present with us. We know that you're within us. Those of us that have said yes to you, you you fill us with your spirit, God. It's a wonderful thing. And, but there's also a dynamic where you are present you know, over and above that. And, uh, and we invite that now. We say, come and open our ears to hear from your hearts, to be, to be you know, led by you. God, each one of us are in different places, different circumstances in life. And I, wherever we're at, God, I pray that you would bring blessing, you would bring encouragement, comfort, strength, hope, joy in the midst of uh, this morning, God, and that for each one of us there would be something of gold that you would plant in our, in our heads and hearts that would, that would draw us forward into the good things of life. Amen. So with finishing up our summer series here, I just wanted to drop something into, um, in this, it's, and like I say, it's just a, a shortish message this morning. And, but hopefully this is something that as you're starting the year, you can go like, I want to grab a hold of this and be able to, it's going to be helpful for me in the, in the year ahead, maybe the years ahead. So I was, I was with my, uh, my lawyer a couple of weeks ago. It was a, um, it was a mortgage thing, not a, not a criminal thing. Um, just, uh, we signed a, a bunch of papers and, you know, she's a Christian lady and we, um, we ended up getting, you know, talking about um, life and faith and sort of about... 30 seconds into the conversation, I said, like, we're off the clock, aren't we? You know, like, you know, she's, a, she's expensive, so I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're off the clock. So. Um, 
But we just were talking about a few tough things that had happened to some mutual friends of ours. And, uh, and she just came out with this thing. She says, Matt, she says, you know, the world's broken. The world's broken. You know, we, we just have to expect that things are going to go wrong from time to time. And we have to expect that we're going to experience loss and that there's times when we're going to fail and that broken people are going to do broken things to us. You know, we live in a, in a broken world. And you know, I've just been pondering that. And, and, it's, and it, the Bible talks about that. Paul the Apostle talks about it in Romans. He talks about how creation is subject to frustration. He's basically saying the same thing. You know, the world is broken. The, the creation is subject to frustration and is in bondage to decay. You know, the world is broken. And you know, so, but what, does that, what does that mean for us? If the world's broken, well, it means that accidents are going to happen. It means that we're going to get sick. It's going to mean that relationships are hard. I mean, you, you may well be going through some stuff right now. You know, you, like good health is, is, is temporary. You know, like I say, there might be an illness or a, an accident. Or, um, you know, we, we just keep praying for William, you know. It's um, um, illnesses, you know. I mean, my wife Jacinda's had a particular illness for, for 40 years. And it, it, it impacts her. A broken world means that, that people can hurt us. It means that we can hurt us. We, we can make mistakes and stumble and fail and fall. You know, it's, you know, what it means is, is that life is hard. It means that life is hard. You know, in many cultures, they have this thing when young boys get to a certain age and it's like an, an initiation into manhood. And... Uh, I don't know how it sort of slid out of our culture because there's something really helpful about, about that. It's like, hey, you know, you're gonna, we're going to go through it uh, like some initiation stuff here and, you know, you're going to step into manhood. But part of that in just about every culture is that they tell these boys that are becoming men, they say, life is hard. This is something you need to know because you just lived a life carefree and, you know, of responsibilities and everyone's looked after you, but you need to know that life is hard. Life is hard. You know, Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, we read in uh, the book of Matthew in the Bible, he talks about uh, building your house. And, no, sorry, yeah, building your house. And he says you can build it on the sand or you can build it on the rock. And it's just a metaphor for actually your life. It's like you can build your life on something that's unsafe or you can build it on something solid. And then he says this. He says, because when the storms come, he doesn't say if the storms come. He says when the storms come, basically the storms of life, the storms that can smack into your life. And he says if you built your life, your, your house, your life on the sand, storms will smash it. But he doesn't say if, he says when the storms come. You know, he says life is hard. There's a guy called James Hollis, and um, I, I was just reading a few things this week, and I came across this. He's an American psychotherapist, and he's an author, but he writes about, a lot about the second half of life. And I just read this quote. I thought this was quite helpful. He says, The world is more magical, less predictable, more autonomous, less controllable, more varied, less simple, more infinite, less knowable, more wonderfully troubling than we could have imagined being able to tolerate when we were young. You know, hard things will happen. Failure, sin, loss, 
hard things will happen. And, and when hard things happen, suffering comes with it, eh? You suffer. Grief, fear, pain, confusion, loss of confidence, insecurity, just suffering comes. And I'll tell you, that the Bible is just full of God's people going through hard times. The Bible doesn't try and pretend that uh, a life uh, living well with your God is, you know, a bunch of roses and, you know, skipping through the fields. It's about as good as my skip gets. Um, I was just reading just this week about the story of uh, Jacob and Esau, who uh, were Isaac's firstborn sons, twins. And the firstborn always has the entitlement to the inheritance of the, of the dad. It's a bit, bit of a, you know, like twins. So one guy comes out like five minutes before the other one, he gets everything and the other one gets nothing. It's a bit of a rough deal. Eh? But, um, but Esau was born first. And it says he was called Esau because he came out red and hairy. Um, and, uh, and then Isaac, um, sorry, um, Jacob came out second. But the, the deal with that is that when they grew up, Jacob tricked the aging father into giving him the inheritance. It's like Esau just did nothing except just had a dodgy brother, you know? And I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> life is hard. You know, it's tough things happen, like, ah, stole his inheritance. It's hard enough being hairy, you know? It's, and he gets, gets stitched up by his brother. So you ready for some good news? Please, Matt, give me some good news. <laughs> good news is that God is with us. God is with us in everything that we go through. God is with us. And, and more than that, in every situation that we find ourselves in life, there is potential for there to come beauty out of ashes. Romans 28 says this, Paul the Apostle again, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that God makes all things happen because there's a lot of bad stuff that happens that, that, you know, that's not anything to do with him. But he says that in, in all things, God can work good. And he works for the good of those who love him. Suffering, it has the potential to make us bitter or better. Now, you've probably heard that before. And uh, let me, like this, you're thinking like, okay, you might be sitting there thinking like, okay, you're 10 minutes into it. What, what was the heck was that Cinderella thing all about? Let, let, me, let me tell you a little bit about that story because it's, it's incredible. Cinderella, the, the character of Cinderella is phenomenal. And so as I said, this is a Brothers Grimm story. And we know it way more because of um, the Disney movie. Um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the Disney story. Let me tell you one thing that didn't make it into the Disney movie is that when the prince came to the home with the two sisters with the glass slipper, you remember the glass slipper? And Cinderella had quite small feet. And so one sister tried the shoe on, but her toes were too big. Here's the bit they left out with the movie. The mum says... Cut off your toes so you'll fit the shoe because um, when you're the queen, they'll carry you around. You won't need to walk. 
in the story. So she cut off her toes, fits the shoe, goes back off, you know, gets halfway back to the castle, and the pigeons are going, she's a fraud. <laughs> Look at the blood. <laughs> and sure enough, the prince looks at the white sock and goes like, whoa. <laughs> um, you can read it, you can Google up Cinderella. <laughs> um, so, and then they went back again, so the other sister tried on. Her hair was too bad, oh, you know. Anyway, um, but that's not, that's not the kind of the important stuff. At the start of the story, when Cinderella's mother felt that the end was near, she called Cinderella to her and she says this, Dear child, remain pious and good, and then our dear God will always protect you. And after her mother passed away, the story says that the girl went out to her mother's grave every day and wept, and she remained pious and good. And later in the story, while she's under this incredible abuse and, and hardship, the story says that she went to her mother's grave three times a day and wept and prayed. So the brothers groom, they're, they're telling us something here. They're telling us something here. You know, many of you will know the end of the story and that, you know, that her inner beauty that, that came through choosing to keep a soft heart and staying close to God, it led her to a better life. And even though Hollywood has stripped that story of all its spiritual content, the Grimm's were trying to tell us something that the Bible tells us continually, is that life is unpredictable and hard, but God is good. And tough times are for a season, and if you journey through tough times well and walk with God through them, you can experience a transforming beauty. You know, spiritual maturity comes as a product of working well through your pain. And I just want to plant this in you, that we can go through tough times, suffering and, and failure and loss, without being overcome by despair because of the God that is with us. And because we can look and we can see over journeys past of others that they've gone through hard times and they've somehow come through them they've walked you know they've walked the road you've walked incredibly hard road and with God as their comforter and healer and source of strength and, and their guide they come through the other side and they come through with this newfound maturity and wisdom and softness and faith you know faith faith can hold you you know while you're while you're in the midst of things, while you're waiting and, and hoping and, and, and trusting. And like, Jesus was quite at home with, with tough things. You read the stories of you know, things that were happening around him and, um, and also things that were happening to him. And it was more than once when he was, he was being, insults were being thrown at him, like, you're, you're, from the, you're, you're not from God, you're from the devil. So we're going to kill you. And how did he respond? Oh, I'm, I'm trying my best, you know. No, he doesn't say that, does he? He's just like, give me a break, you know. Shut up. You know, he, he doesn't just go away grumpy, muttering, oh, you know, I know the end of the story, mate. You're going down, you know. I'm gonna. He just always just responds out of the, soft, the softness and, and, um, and love. 
I mean, sometimes he spoke hard words to try and shake people out of their false thinking and their arrogance and their pride. He would say hard things to shake them out of that, but out of love. But more often, he just spoke soft words of encouragement and, and hope and acceptance and forgiveness. And, you know, just, he's a God that loves you so much. Sure, you know, like you've, you've, you've stumbled, you've tripped up, you're... You're not in a good place, but God loves you. You know, come back to Him and let Him let His love flow into the just into your situation. He would just always just let people know just how valuable they were in God's eyes. So God invites us to trust in, in Him. You know, in in these in these tough times, and trust our whole lives into into His hands. You know, the good times and the bad times. You know, and, to, and to walk with him and in those hard times to actually invite him in. A lot of people that have, a, a, I guess, a small understanding of God when hard times come in and they go like, God can't love me or God can't be real. How could this happen? And it's like, it, where is that God is saying, no, no, let, let's walk through this thing together. Let's walk through this thing together and uh, let me bring strength, let me bring comfort, let me bring out of this something that becomes quite beautiful through a very, very painful time. And you know, you know, so we could be like Cinderella where out of the situation we end up sharing in the marriage feast with the king. You like the Grim Brothers more now, eh? <laughs> they were. Mm. And let me throw out a. Uh, I've written down here in my notes. I've says a challenge to the village elders. So um, those of you that have uh, been around the block a few times. You know, I know that uh, a lot of our young people are away at festivals and holidays and things, and uh, um, and we. You know, a lot of young people here as well. Um, and I'll throw something out to you guys shortly. Um, but uh, I want to put an invitation out to those of you who are our village elders. Like Rex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry, that just slipped out. Sorry. <laughs> well, maybe it was a prophetic thing, who knows? So, you know, you've, you've been through some stuff. You know, you can't help but do years and not bump into some hard times and some stuff. You know, it might have been that you've had a, had a business fail or bankruptcy. It might have been that you've had relationships that have, have failed. And it might have been that you've, you've moved from your, the land of your, your growing up into a, new, into a new country in New Zealand here and... It may be that you've, you know, you've done long years of living with a draining illness. You know, it, it may be that you've, you've lost someone that you love. Um, I know that some of you are still right in the midst of, of some of those things. And so this is not so much for you, but this is more for those of you that have kind of come out the other side. and um, You've suffered and, and come out the other side and you know that you've changed and, um, and you've grown. You know, there's a there's a softer perspective to to life. There's more compassion. There's there's some wisdom 
that you've, you've gained through that. There's, um, there's some understanding more around just how God, God's love works in our lives and, and through tough seasons. You, know, you've, you might have climbed the ladder and feel that, oh, I don't have anything to prove anymore. You know, it's helpful. It's, uh, you might have um, found that, you know, really discovered that thing of that, like steering your own ship has got limited value. And uh, having God, you know, handing it over to God, you've, you've learned that's a good thing. You may have grown in some patience and you may just have just a, a softer, less black and white, more inclusive, uh, more compassionate you know, understanding of life and, and faith. And, um, but you're now at a, at a place where you can love people in a, in a way that, that is, is different and good and can be so helpful to younger people as they are just punching into life and walking through their own challenges. And what I wanted to throw out to you, you know, would you be available for that? Would you be available for that? Well, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, just maybe being a, being a sounding board, being an encourager. Hey, you know, just keep going. Hey, you know, just, I know this is tough, but keep your heart soft. It's, you know, good things will come. It's like, hey, you know, stay, walk with God with this thing. Don't, don't turn your back on God because it's hard. Walk with God in this. Hey, you know, I, I went through something like this, and yes, it was hard, but I've come out the other side. And, and it, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You know, in 1 Peter 5, you know, the apostle Peter, and he's writing to, um, you know, to the church again and, and to... Um, and he calls the older, you know, the, the, the village elders. He, he calls them to, to, he says, watch over the younger ones because, you know, out of your, hey, hey village elders, um, you're eager to serve God. Here's a way you can do it. Watch over these younger people. You know, the Message Bible says this. It says, tenderly showing them the way. But you know what? It, you're kind of thinking, yeah, but, you know, like, I'm old and they're young and, like, see that? See, I just did that just with my hands. <laughs> like, that's, uh, we'll just finish there, shall we? <laughs> um, um, you know, often you can think, like, wow, it's like, but we just seem to not, you know, so I tell you, you know, village elders, you, could I call you to be a, be courageous and maybe join a life group where it's more young people than people your own age. Ooh. You know, maybe um, be courageous and invite someone, you know, maybe just look around one Sunday and think like, well, you know, why not? You know, I'll invite these people over for, you know, for lunch, you know, maybe the following Sunday or, you know, be, be courageous. Maybe at the, at the picnic, um, Today you could, you could just be courageous and um, and say, "Hey, um, hi, I'm old guy," <laughs> um, and get chatting and just say, "Look, you know, hey, if you ever, if you ever wanted to 
bounce around some of the big things in life, I'm here. So as a, it's an invitation to those of you that have greater hair or less hair. And young people, again, it's, it's, I just love Peter when he talks to the church. He says, hey, hey you know, here's something for you guys. And, and to the young people, he, he says this, First Peter 5.5, 5, he says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. And I'm going like, oh, what's that all about? I'm not, like, let's just put that over there for now because I don't want to unpack that. But it's like, this is the thing I wanted to say here. It's like, he says, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You know, and it's, in other translations of that um, verse, it says, uh, instead of it saying showing, shows favor to the humble, it says, you know, God's grace comes to the, um, to the humble. It's just the, the, work, the good working of God in your life. And, and um, I mean, who doesn't want that, you know, the blessings of God? And so, okay, so just a bit of humility brings, brings blessing. I like that. But, you know, humility just means an openness to learning from others doesn't mean you have to do what they say you know not all older people are you know they've always got the best advice all the time sorry Craig <laughs> Craig was frowning like surely that can't be true um, but but humility means that you you're at least open to listening and you can ask questions asking questions is like I, we um, for quite some time I was a, um, a, a senior um, in senior management at a civil engineering company and um, it's one of the things I was telling you know, the junior engineers all the time is just like, okay, so you've got a degree, but like all, your, with your degree, all your degree gives you is some language. Like, you've got no real-life experience until you, you, know, you actually get in there. And if you, if one of the best things you can do is ask lots and lots of questions, and, and then you'll learn and learn and learn. And, and, and people love, like, sewing into younger people. And, but it takes humility. You know, I wish someone had told me that when I was an arrogant sort of 20-year-old. I eh? thought I knew everything. Well, I actually did. <laughs> Somehow I forgot it. I said, no, it's it. yeah. um, that's not true at all. Um, so just so young people, just, you know, it's helpful just to remember that you haven't done enough life yet to know everything. And uh, there's some wisdom that, that older people have discovered from the journey that even at this stage in life, you may not understand, but, but it's worth hearing. It's worth just having it just sort of land in your heart and just be allowed to sort of just, just settle there. So, so there's something for you. And you might be like 37 and thinking like, which one am I? You know, but, um, I'm sure you'll work it out. All right, hey, why don't we stand together as we, as just, as we finish?